I want you to go to your Bibles really quickly. First Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30 verses 8 through verse 13. First Samuel chapter 30 verses 8 through verse 13. When you have it, will you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Stand with me for the reading of God's word. If you have it uh, in your smart device or your Bible, will you signify by saying, I have the bread? And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, but thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David went and he and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Besor where those that were left behind stayed. And David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind because they were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink with water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He says, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because three days ago. I got sick. And all of God's people said, Amen. You could be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to speak to you uh, today for a few moments before we head to Washington, D.C. from the topic $17.84. Um, the life of David for us is a very heroic a poetic narrative. I mean, everybody wants to play David in the Bible play. <laughs> Not because of the whole story, but the highlights. Because we are in love with the highlights. You know, oftentimes I've had young preachers to come up to me and say, I wish I could travel and preach like you. But they don't realize that most of the places I've traveled to I've never been to still. I got off of a plane. I went to a hotel and I changed and I went to church and I flew out the next morning to be delayed to sit in an airport to miss a connection and to finally get to your next location late but never. <laughs> Flying and moving by faith. We're in love with highlights and we're in competition with profiles. But David's story is very problematic. You know? David is anointed, but oftentimes his life doesn't reflect that. His decisions don't always reflect it. And today's text is not the Bathsheba text, it's not the Goliath text. It's a text where David, anointed and called by God, is running. He's running. He 
he's running from the place that he was raised for. He was running for the, from the place he was anointed for. He was anointed to be king and he's running from the palace. <clears throat> he's not running from the palace because he's weak. He's running from the palace because the person that he loves, the person who he had been serving, has now turned against him. Hmm. Isn't it something how swiftly relationships can change? Hmm. The place that he was assisting and the place he was trying to help build, you know, the palace of Israel, now because of jealousy, which is cruel as the grave, because of an evil spirit, David has to run from King Saul. For all of you who are taking notes, I'll give you about four points and we'll close out. Number one, sometimes you have to pull away to protect your testimony. <laughs> True strength is not just exemplified in one's power or force, but rather in their power of restraint. It takes more power to pull back. <laughs> Sometimes it is to confront. You got to see past this moment. There are moments in my life I would testify that God had to shut my mouth to save my future. <laughs> he could have easily killed Saul. He could have easily destroyed his life. But listen what God said to David. Don't touch my anointed. Don't do my prophet any harm. He was talking about a man who was not in right standing with God, but anointed by God. I don't want to make too many references to last Sunday's message, but don't you know God can anoint a bad situation to bring you into your place? And you trying to manipulate it and you trying to move it can shift your destiny. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, leave it alone. We used to sing a song that says, God can handle it better than you can. Tell somebody, leave it alone. Mm. David runs not because he's necessarily afraid or weak. But he pulls away because he doesn't want to mess up God's narrative. Because it's really God's story. Mm. But when David pulls away, even though that was a good thing, he attempted to make an alliance with God's enemy. Don't allow your emotions to cause you to make unholy alliances. Don't try to build an alliance with the Philistines. Life's chaos can produce muddy waters and it will make you mislabel the people around you. You will call your friends your enemies and your enemies your friends. David was disappointed. David was confused. David was angry. And now the people that he used to fight against now has become his best friends. You got to be careful in letting your trauma Build your connections. I'm not screaming, but I'm preaching loud. 
You know, I'm serious. Uh, be careful that you don't mend relationships based upon your wounds. Glory be to God. Y'all not saying nothing in this section. Y'all gonna help me preach? Is it too close to home? How many of us have made mistakes because we made connections while we were going through our emotional distress? Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be careful what you come in alliance with and you start changing your standard and what you know to be right when you're going through muddy seasons of your life. You'll make covenants with pornography. You'll make covenants with habits. You'll make covenants with weed. You'll make covenants with alcohol. You'll make covenants with people God told you not to be associated with. But now the enemy of your enemy has become your friend. Hmm. David is disappointed and rightly so. He's confused. He's angry. And a part of David's disappointment has to be with God. So who do you go to when you're disappointed by the one you serve? You anointed me for the palace. You anointed me and gave me close proximity to it and then told me I can't have it yet. Almost I wish you hadn't told me. Because God's plan over your life can frustrate you. The prophetic can frustrate you. Come on, what you heard, what you felt, because you'll go through a season of your life where everything is a confirmation, where everything is an affirmation, where everything is lining up, and you're almost there, and then the bottom gets pulled out from under it. But I want you to put your hand on somebody's shoulder tell them God hasn't changed his mind. Situations have changed. People has changed. Economy has changed. Job offers has changed. But he says, I am the Lord, and I change not. God don't need everybody's cosign in order to bring you into your place. God heard Jesus said to Mary, my time is not yet, but don't mean it's not coming. David, you're close to it, but not yet. But David connected with the Philistines. The Philistines gave him a city by the name of Ziklag. I struggle with how much information to give you, but I'll go very quickly Ziglag was a city that was given to him as a reward. Mm. And David wanted to continue this alliance. And so he knew the Philistines would go against God's people, who is Saul. He decided then, I'll fight with you. I'll, I'll fight with you. I'm going to make an alliance with you and I'll fight with you. But the Philistine soldier says, don't you remember the song, King? <laughs> you didn't forget the song? You're going to let David fight with us? Don't you remember the song? David has killed his thousands. I mean, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his 10,000. And then you're going to let him come over and fight with us? They just sent him back. You know, thank you, but no thank you. You got you to gotta know when every gift is not a gift you should receive. All help is not help. Everything free is not free. Mm. Mm. And the Bible says, David said, okay, me and my men, we tried. <laughs> we'll go back. <laughs> this is why with all of your zeal, make sure you heal. Really? With all of your zeal, make sure you Candy Graves said this, just because you're not crying about it doesn't mean you're over it. Yeah. 
Your decisions tell us where you are. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, are you making sober decisions? Are these decisions based upon your feelings or based upon your faith? Now, y'all done got quiet in here, but I need you to ask your neighbor, ask them, are you making sober decisions? Is the last decision you made, is it a sober decision? Is what you ordered for lunch, was that a sober decision? Your, your recent phone calls around 12.30, quarter to one, sober decisions. Look at your credit card statement. Are those sober decisions? <laughs> Some of y'all that got nervous, don't hold the door. Don't let anybody out of here. Look at your neighbor. Ask them, are you making sober decisions? Are you making, are you making intoxicated decisions and trying to affirm it with spirituality? Do you feel like because you've been done dirty, it gives you permission to be dirty? Because somebody did you wrong, are you trying to prove how much wrong you can do to be right? Are you making sober decisions? Do you feel like you get a pass after you've done well so long? Do you feel justified in your attempt for revenge? Are you making sober decisions? Glory be to God. Mm. Well, it ain't, it ain't a sin. It may be lawful, but is it expedient? Now really, is it expedient for where God has taken you? Is it, is it a sober decision? Because you know the last time you were drinking, you fell off the wagon pretty heavy. So do you think it's, it's sober, a sober decision right now to still hang out with those same friends when to be honest, you're going under pressure and you're still living under the fringes? Do you think it's a sober decision to still try to build a friendship with somebody you've been sexually active with for five years? Do, do you think that's a sober decision? Maybe God ain't calling you to the crack house and you just got off a of crack. Is that a sober? Come on, are you making so? Are you making sober decisions? Or are you going off of your feelings? Mm. David. Huh. Oh, I feel my energy coming now. I'm a little tired from traveling. And I can't blame it on jet lag because I just came from Atlanta. But my mom always tell me anytime you ride a plane, it's jet lag. All right. Yes, ma'am. David is making a connection with the enemy of God because he's in his feelings. They rejected his help. And so he said, okay, we're going back home. But on their way back home, they saw smoke in the distance. Hmm. They saw smoke coming from their homes. And there was no movement in the village of Ziklag. No children playing. The closer they got, they realized that their enemy, the Amalekites, had come and burned down their city and taken their wives and children captive. I need you to tell one of the brothers near you, tell them don't leave your assignment exposed. Come on, find one of your sisters real quick, get their attention, say, hey sis, hey. 
don't leave your assignment exposed. The greatest assignment God has given you is your family. Hallelujah. We're so busy on social media trying to crop the right picture and leaving our children to be raised by a television and an iPad. Hallelujah. But don't leave your assignment exposed. I need a husband to look at your wife and tell him, you are my assignment. Wife, look at your husband and say, you are my assignment. Find one of your friends and say, hey friend, you are my assignment. I can't afford to be distracted by the enemy and let the enemy come in and rob what God has given me. See, you thought your greatest commodity was your car. You thought your greatest commodity was your house. But the greatest valuable thing God has given us are the relationships he's trusted us with. And I need you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell him, don't leave your assignment exposed. When the enemy is distracting you, you must ask yourself the question, what is he distracting me from? And that's why I heard the Pauline epistle says, learn how to work quietly and mind your own business because while you're looking across the street trying to find out what's going on in everybody else's house the enemy will creep in through your back door and rob you of everything you got but I need you to grab your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor cover your assignment I'm not responsible for everything but I am responsible for something and the thing that God has given me I've got to protect it I've got to cover I got to cover my ministry. I got to cover my children. I got to cover my marriage. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, cover your assignment. Cover your assignment. Mind your business and cover your assignment. Hallelujah. If it ain't my business, it's not taking my attention. What you think about this? What do you think about this? I don't have time to think because all my energy is in me covering what God has given me. I need you to get to three people and I need you to be obedient. Tell three people, tell them every battle is not your battle. You ain't got time to pray. But I saw you was on social media to two o'clock in the morning debating with somebody from Arizona that you don't know. Oh, y'all not saying nothing to me in here. You done got lured in by algorithm that's keeping you consumed where you don't have the energy for your own battle. If you go trying to fight battles you've never been assigned when it's time for you to fight your own enemy, you won't have the strength. If you can't contend with the footmen, you won't have the energy to fight with the horsemen. You know why I can preach like this about this? Because I've been distracted before. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I've been distracted. I know I know what it is to be lured in. Lured in by my emotions. Lured in by gossip and rumors. Lord, and let me tell you, in this season of your life and ministry, if they didn't put your name on it, if they haven't addressed you, then you don't have to respond to it. And if they do put your name on it, but they're not paying your bills, you don't have to respond to it. Because it's a distraction. David was off trying to fight somebody else's battle. And that's why some of us, we're, we get lured in. We get lured in by our good intentions. 
we get lured into the water with good intentions. And because we know what it feels like to be rejected, we want to make sure nobody around us ever feels rejected. And because we know what it feels like to be abandoned, we want to make sure, oh, I'm going to preach to y'all in here this morning. We want to make sure nobody feels abandoned. But what you don't realize, sometimes the enemy will use people. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Sometimes people will, the enemy will use people to lure you in with your good intentions. And now you're pulling and pouring your resources. And I'm not just talking about your money. One of your greatest resources is your time. And you end up pouring your resources into people who have a bottom in their vessel who don't desire to be full but they've been anointed and assigned by the enemy to lure you in so you won't see what the enemy is trying to do with your life at some point especially when it comes to other believers you must teach them how to fish you must teach them how to go to God for themselves you can't keep depending on me because all of us are fighting our own battles you got to have oil in your vessel you got to have your lamp trimmed and burning because if you have not responded to my last set of advice why yes sir if you have not followed my last set of instructions then I must question do you want to be made whole if you don't want to be made whole but you putting a mandate on my time and energy now my next question is who sent you how many of us have ended up in bad places with good intentions bad places with good intentions he gets there back to the city and the whole the homes are burnt down everything are burnt down and the families are taken captive and you know what happens something an anomaly happens the men outwardly expressed grief now you know what people say men don't cry oh yes they do men cry all the time but oftentimes we cry at a frequency that everybody can't hear. We get up under the hood of a car. We put our head down in a computer. We get a PS4 and live there. Yes, sir. You understand? Yes, sir. Some men ended up in a clutch of the enemy. Not because they were looking for sin, but they were looking for relief. So they tried to find it at the bottom of a bottle. They tried to find it with another woman or another man. Y'all understand what I mean? They tried to find it in a blunt. Uh, tell your neighbor, I won't always looking for sin. I might I might have I fumbled into sin, but I was really looking for something to help numb my grief. Because I got to deal with the fact that if I would have been in place, it wouldn't have happened. And although I'm mad with you and I'm blaming it on you, I just need somebody and something to project my anger towards. Because the truth is, I'm mad with me. 
Have you really been ever really upset with yourself? Have you ever really had an argument with you? Have you ever laid yourself out? I'm talking about, I, I mean, okay, I'll just be honest with y'all since I'm up here and y'all say I'm supposed to be photogenic. I got on green socks because see, when you go through dark seasons, everything looks right. got dressed in a dark room. Y'all not saying nothing in here. And what I thought was matching was a whole nother color. And I know what it is to look in the mirror at myself and says, you are so stupid. You are so stupid. You, you put something permanent in danger with a temporary feeling. And so, since I can't strangle me, I blame everybody around me. Well, if my daddy would have been in my life, I mean, if my mama would have been more affectionate and gave me more words of, I mean, if the church would have supported me and I didn't come to church and if the pastor would have called me, but then when I do come to church, they giving me too much attention. Looking for somebody to blame. But the truth is, you have to acknowledge that you're where you are because of your own distractions. And the people start, and the men cried. The men cried. And the men cried. And the men cried. I want, I want all the sisters in this room lift up your hands and say Lord give me the ability to hear the cries of the men yes. yeah. may, may God give you the ability that when it seems like he's standoffish that you won't always take it personal and you can hear his tears hallelujah glory be to God may, may, may God give you the ability because even strong people need strength and being, being vulnerable is hard for people who are taught to be the symbol of strength so ain't no women around so the men cry and when you start getting emotional hallelujah, you make bad decisions you start blaming people and you know what the men said you know what I know it's David's fault because if we hadn't been with David we would have our, our kids and our, our, our children would still be here our children our wives would still be here but you got to go back to the narrative the history David never asked them to go with him these are people who owe Saul money. Who went to sell it. Oh yeah, we love you, David. So y'all got to be careful about these people who are your friends out of convenience. I know who my real friends are when I really start going through. When it's not convenient to stand with me. That's loyalty. And David can hear it. Can't you hear it when people start changing on you? Even if they don't use their words. Can't you hear it? 
Can't you hear it? Yeah, I, I'm going yeah, to call you back in a, a few minutes. Can, can't you hear it? When your text message is on red, can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? And he's by himself. And the, and the Bible says, David said, Lord, I ain't got nobody. Because who I thought I had, I don't have. I don't have anybody. I'm telling y'all, that is one sobering reality. When you realize you don't have as many people as you thought you had. That is a sobering reality. And it's not that the people are demonic. Listen, because y'all like to make everybody the devil. It's a sober reality when you realize that everybody don't have the capacity to be for you what you've been for them. There are more people that can trust you with their secrets than you can trust with yours. That's a sober, it makes you feel isolated. Are y'all okay, Walton? I'm, I'm all right over there. And if I go a little off, y'all be like, jet lag. I'm out here on guard. So the Bible says, the Bible says, David does something. And y'all got to learn this. David said, you're the one. Oh, he looked in the mirror. You're the one that God used against the giant Goliath. You're the one. Hallelujah. You were out in the field by yourself. And when a lion came to try to divide the sheep. You're the one that God raised up to destroy the lion. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes people look at you and they think you're cocky or they think you're conceited. They don't know how much coaching you have to do to yourself. There's some of us don't want the attention because we're already dealing with our own insecurities. You don't know. You don't know how I have to tell myself how to hold my head up and how to raise my voice and speak with a certain articulation and, and confidence. You don't know how many times I had to. I had to coach myself to go and apply for the position, even though everybody say I deserve it. I still have to convince myself that, that I'm good enough for it. And he he encouraged himself, and then he just encouraged himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And so then he asked God, unpeg it. He says this. He said, Lord, shall I pursue? <laughs> shall I pursue? Now, listen. This is a little different. We'll just stop with the question. It's a little different. Because he never asked God, shall I go connect with the Philistines? Shall I make an alliance with the Philistines? No, he didn't ask that question. But now he sees the results and the repercussions of not acknowledging God with your decisions. So now he says, I'm not willing to make another move. I don't want just God's permission. I want God's directive. Shall I pursue? And shall I recover? Hallelujah. I don't want to know. I don't want to just know, can I go? I want to know if I go, will I win? Hey, I don't want 
want just your permission. I want your presence. I want you to look at somebody and tell them, I don't just want God's permission. I want God's presence. I don't want to go. I don't want another hookup. I don't want another connection. I don't want another Tinder. I don't want another DM. I want a God connection. If God don't connect it, I don't want it because the last thing that looked good to me set me back. I want what God wants. I need somebody to jump up and shout, I want what God wants. I'm finally at a place in my life. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into the own understandings. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will. He will direct your path. Oh. And the Lord said, go after it. He said, pursue and you shall recover. I want you to run out of your seat and tell somebody, this is your recovery season. This is the season of your life to get back everything the devil stole from you. I'm getting my peace back. I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my focus back. I'm getting my posture back. Tell your neighbor, this is my recovery season. Making a whole lot of noise. I ain't making a whole lot of movement, but I don't have to post it to possess it. This is my recovery season, and I want to prophesy this to 50 people that will receive it with a praise. Not only will you recover, but you're gonna recover all. recover all isn't that like our God that after all the mistakes we made out of all the mistakes we made he still gave us an opportunity to recover tell you that after all of my mistakes he still gave me an opportunity to recover out of he said, recover. And he said, come on, y'all. God has given me a directive. And this is, think about it, Deacon Lee. When they went, some of the men had to stay back. He said, y'all stay right here. You know why? They cried too long. 
Everybody cried, but there was a group that cried too long. Have have you have you ever cried and then had to lay down? <laughs> have you ever cried until you made yourself sick? Have you ever cried yourself into a headache? You might as well have been in a fight because you look like you were in a fight. <laughs> David didn't judge them. He said, y'all just stay right here. And it wasn't just out of his good heart, though. It was out of strategy as well. Because David calculated. <laughs> if y'all didn't cry so much to, to y'all are out of it, when I go fight, Y'all not going to have no energy. If you cry too long, you can't help us recover. Y'all stay right here. And the Bible said, David went to pursue and had no idea where. <laughs> he didn't. He had no idea where to go. He just started moving. And this is what God wants some of you to hear me today. When you come into your opportunity to recover, even without all the details, start moving. Start moving. Where, where are we going? I don't know. God said go. So what? I can't fill up the gas tank. I can't pack a bag. Well, you're going to warm weather, cold weather. Well, I'm just going to pack for layers. I can always take, take some off. How many, how many in a season right now of your life you don't know what's next? I mean, you know what God said, but you don't know what's next. Because sometimes what God said is not next. Sometimes what God said is... I mean, really, because that's what, that's what the prophetic will do to you. The prophetic will say, this is what I'm calling you to do. You see it? right and when you saw it it was right on you and then God dropped you off into a process and when God dropped you off in the process it's on down the road it's on down the road and set over to the side so he said let's go he don't know where he's going he stopped moving Today's message really was not about David or Saul. If you look in the scripture today, it was verse 11. While David is moving, he found a black boy in the field. And stopped. Say you good? He said, "Oh, get him, give him something to eat. Give him some bread. Give him some a little piece of a cake, a figs, and some. Uh, give, him, give him some raisins. Feed him." Yes, David, we got to go find. Yeah, I know, I know. Right now, let's serve him. 
I want you not to look at your neighbor. I want you to say this to yourself. Say, serve on the way. Serve on the way. I know what your ambition is. I know what God is telling you. I know what your goal is. But don't fail to serve on the way. He fed somebody that didn't belong to him. He nursed somebody to health and it wasn't his fault or his responsibility. <laughs> he inconvenienced himself for what was in front of him. And he said to the young man when his life started to come back, he says, who are you and where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Egypt servant to a Malachite and I got sick the other day and my master left me here to die we had just came from a, a town over there and burned down somebody's city my master took the wives and the kids and they just dropped me here in the field David said, um, show me which way they went. <laughs> Hallelujah. I uh, Googled Walmart on Wards Road last night. And I calculated uh, two bags of red grapes that would dry to raisins a pack of uh, fig nudes but I broke it down and divided it by four since the boy only got a part I looked at a price of old fashioned bread I considered the inflation but I also considered that at this time they were in a war torn area after uh, sitting up trying to calculate with sales tax $17.84 $17.84 was a price that David paid to feed somebody and it was connected to the recovery of his family I say to you in this room, whatever you thought it was costing you to serve, whatever you thought it was costing you to help somebody, whatever you thought it was costing you, it's a small price in comparison to what you will recover. And that's my message. Clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, stand on your feet. Thank you for your patience. Whatever it costs. I know you're on your way. You're on your way. Serve on your way. 
Don't let what other people did to you pollute your heart. That's what makes David a man after God's own heart. Because even after he was done wrong, his heart was still sensitive to help somebody else. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.